Hey doll. Hey doll. I'm your host Cynthia. And I'm your host Paula. And we are Dolls and Doom. So today I'm going to tell you a few different ghost stories. And it's so weird because I've lived here since 1991. I've never heard of this until just a few months ago. Okay, so let's tell our listeners where here is. We are in the Central Florida Orlando vicinity. Yeah, Orange County, which is pretty big, but that's also kind of central. Yes, so without giving too much away, that's the whereabouts of where we are. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. I-4 is the main highway that runs 132 miles through Florida, and it's a normal highway used by locals and tourists with some not-so-normal activity. There's this one particular spot a quarter mile long located between Orlando and Daytona, specifically near the St. Johns River. This spot is called the Dead Zone. There have been reports of car crashes, electronic malfunctions, and even ghost sightings. But whether or not you believe in ghosts, the fact is this section of I-4 was built over four graves. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I never knew that. Right? And it's weird that we've never known that because we've been here forever. Right. But I know exactly where I-4 crosses over the St. John's River, so I know exactly where you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. All right, so back in 1886, a man named Henry Sanford owned the land and wanted to build a Roman Catholic colony of German immigrants. That's a really weird goal, very specific, but you know, whatever. We all have our thing. (laughs) I was just gonna say that exact (laughs) sentence. Of course you were. (laughs) We're twins. We are, we're twins. So anyway, a railroad station was put in, but as only four families moved there, Henry's plan kinda died. One year later, the yellow fever took the lives of a family of four. Afraid that the fever would spread, the bodies were taken out to the woods and burned. You know, like you do. So the the four people that moved there died? No, four families moved there, but one family of four caught the fever. Okay, okay, gotcha. Unfortunately, the only priest they had in the tiny town had traveled to Tampa for another family who also perished from the yellow fever. And sadly, three days after his arrival, the priest also died from the disease. The small family in the woods without a ceremony or last rites. In 1890, a man named D.V. Warren bought the land. It was now a rural town called Lake Monroe. Warren wanted to do some farming, so he cleared the land, leaving the graves alone. In 1905, Warren sold the land to Albert Hawkins, and with respect for the dead, he farmed around it. The grave sat in the middle of the field, like an island, protected by a wire fence. He rented out the land to other farmers and told them not to farm on the gravesite. But of course, there was one farmer who took down the wire fence, and his house burned down that very night. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. I know, but it gets even crazier. Oh. So Hawkins' house was right at the edge of the field. One day, he removed the rotting markers on the graves. His house burned down. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. (laughs) It is fact. And his wife was sure it was because he messed with the graves and he put up new markers. But the damage had been done. Even in the new house they built, strange things were happening, especially with the children's toys. As they would move on their own, the rocking horse would rock back and forth all by itself. Neighbors said they saw weird lights over the gravesite at night. Eventually the field was called the Field of the Dead. 
In early 1950, a young boy messed with the graves and was killed by a drunk driver who was never identified or caught. This is like, I don't know, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know exactly where these graves are. I know, me too. So that I am not uh, driving over them on my way to Sanford. <laughs> we should go and Nancy drew this stuff out, you know, <laughs> take some take some notes and some flashlights. Yes. <laughs> Mark it around. like On the side of I-4, you right. and me. But then we can do last rides for them since they were never done. Okay. Good idea. Okay. It's a plan. We'll do that. Anyway, Hawkins died in 1939 and his widow kept the land until 1960 when it was bought by the government with plans to build Interstate 4. Initially, they were going to relocate the graves, but surveyors decided against it, saying, quote, It's not an ancient Indian burial ground. It's just a few old bones. Oh my gosh. So obviously that turned out to be a huge mistake. In September of 1960, construction began and dirt was poured over the graves to raise up the highway. While this was going on, Hurricane Donna was headed toward the Gulf of Mexico. Suddenly and without warning, she changed course. Can you guess where she went? Maybe around I-4? That's right. She headed straight for I-4 and at midnight she was passing directly over the graves. This caused construction delays for almost a month. On the day I-4 opened, a truck transporting frozen shrimp lost control and jackknifed directly over the graves. Okay, so we don't know anything about these people because this, I mean, if you think about it, there's probably, we're probably walking over graves all the time. Oh, absolutely. I would think so. So what is it about these particular people that would cause this much activity. I wish I had a better answer. I don't even know their names. Wow. Just that they died of yellow fever. And it's a family of four. Yes. That's literally all I found. Wow. In 2004, history repeats itself with a major storm called Hurricane Charlie. I'm sure you remember that. I remember Charlie. Yes. Yeah. Very destructive. So he took the same path right over the graves. Oddly enough, there was again construction and it was again delayed. But it's not just hurricanes and a number of tornadoes over this one spot. There were over 2,000 car accidents, which there were 44 reported car crashes and a total of 65 injuries. And that was just from between 1995 to 1997 alone. Now, if you really want to dive deep and do the math, 44 and 65 are 109. In 1996, it was exactly 109 years the family of four died of yellow fever. Oh my gosh. You should see her eyes right now. They're so big. <laughs> well, I mean, this is like a major highway that we've been traveling on. I've been traveling on all of my life. So yeah. to know, I mean, we know it's dangerous. It's, this is, I-4 is actually, um, I believe it's the most dangerous highway in the United States. Oh, I'm not surprised Did at you know all. that? No, it's, I didn't, but I'm not surprised. It has the most fatalities. It's very, very dangerous. I'm not even sure what about it makes it so bad pretty flat terrain here but this is pretty crazy and speaking of crazy there have also been ghost sightings of hitchhikers shadowy figures and dancing balls of light above the road one woman said she was on the phone and her conversation was interrupted by what she called voices of the dead in july of 1994 susie thompson a florida resident was driving when her car broke down she began walking when a man in an 18-wheeler pulled over and offered to give her a lift to the next exit he pulled into the nearest gas station and she got out, took two steps and turned around a wave and it was just gone. When her friend picked her up, she told him what happened and he told her she had just experienced the dead zone. 
Other creepy experiences include ghost cars driving through a fog that came out of nowhere, a woman in a long white nightgown, a feeling of someone taking control over their car, strange voices and cell phones picking up strange voices at the south side of the bridge in Seminole County. Police say the high number of car accidents is due to traffic jams, and while this is completely logical, there are those that believe it's because the restless spirits buried below are looking for revenge. And you know what's crazy about this? I'm picturing this this spot in my mind. This is a pretty, there's not a lot of buildings around. There's trees on both sides. Yes. And then you get to the river, and I-4 becomes a, a bridge, and you go over the river. So, and it's kind of a straight it's not like super curvy it's not like there's not a whole lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why this would be a particularly dangerous spot right i agree and it's pretty wide from yeah my recollection yeah so um makes it even creepier it does well gosh that's scary i know i kind of want to drive over it at night (laughs) (laughs) i'll let you do that trip by yourself no 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 And here are just a few other haunted roads in America. On Archer Street in Justice, Illinois, is where you can find Resurrection Mary. Her story begins back in 1930. When Mary was a teenager, she went to a dance with her boyfriend at the O. Henry Ballroom. She wore a white formal party dress with matching shoes and a clutch purse. They got into a fight and she stormed out and began to walk home. Less than a mile into her journey, she was killed by a hit-and-run driver. She is buried in the Resurrection Cemetery in her party dress and matching shoes. People have reported seeing a girl in a white dress standing on the side of the road. Drivers have picked her up, and some say she's completely silent and just vanishes, and others say she gets out and then vanishes. Some reported seeing Mary and nearly hitting her, but when the drivers got out of the car, she was gone. One gentleman said that he gave her a ride, and she said, here, here and he hit the brakes. He looked to his left where she was pointing, but all he saw was a little shack. He turned to look at her and she was not there. He swears the car door never opened. Some men say they will meet a young girl in a white dress at a local dance and they offer to take her home. But once they pass the cemetery, she disappears. It's said that Mary burnt her hands on the gate of the cemetery and you can still see those marks today. Mary has inspired a couple songs, three movies, and her story was told twice on Unsolved Mysteries. In Warren County, New Jersey, there is a two-lane road that runs along Jenny Jump State Forest near I-80. It's also known as Shades of Death Road. Some say it was the location of a severe malaria outbreak, and the road was named for those that died of the disease. Later in the late 20s, early 30s, Three known brutal murders took place on Shades of Death Road. A man was bashed in the head with a tire iron. A woman beheaded her husband, burying his head on one side of the road and his body on the other. And finally, a man was shot and killed and buried on the side of the road. Ghosts have been reported along the road, such as a Native American who takes the form of a deer and appears at certain spots along the road at night. If you don't slow down, it's said, you will get into an accident with a deer. Another story says, if you stop on the bridge after midnight, turn your headlights on, and honk three times, you will see three young ghost children that were run over when they were playing in the street. New Orleans City Park has a road called Mona Lisa Drive. 
there are two versions of the ghost story of Mona. The first says that Mona was dating a sailor and the two were very much in love, but Mona's father didn't approve. The romance ended and Mona was so devastated she killed herself. The other version of the story is while Mona was very much in love, the sailor was not. One night in the park, he ended the relationship and Mona's reaction was so intense that he killed her. Whether on purpose or accident is unclear. Either way, there are reports of young lovers who have heard the moaning, heartache, and the scratching at their window. In Passaic County, starting at Route 23, running about 10 miles long, mostly woodlands, there is a two-lane highway. It became popular from stories of ghost sightings, witches, and cult gatherings such as the KKK. It's also said that this is a spot where, quote, professionals have disposed of bodies. A little further up the road is Cross Castle, where there is a Druid temple made of stone, where Druids held rituals. If you linger too long or look too close, something terrible might happen. According to the Travel Channel, there have been reports of floating headlights that appear from nowhere and will chase you off the road. Other ghost sightings include a girl driving a Camaro who died in a car crash in 1988. Two park rangers have been spotted that were actually killed on the job in 1939. Multiple sightings of people dressed oddly will stare silently at you and then disappear. And the most famous is the boy ghost. It is not clear how he died. He either drowned while swimming or fell while sitting on the edge or perhaps hit by a car and fell in. Some say that if you toss in a penny or a quarter, he will toss it back out. Others say they were pushed in the water like he was trying to save them from meeting the same fate he did. In Passaic County, New Jersey, is an abandoned animal theme park. It was owned by Warner Brothers and closed in 1976. It was clear that no one knew how to properly run it. There were reports of visitor attacks and diseased animals on the loose. After the shutdown, some of the locals got drunk and went wild animal hunting killing over 30 animals, including zebras, lions, and elephants. Even now, people have reported seeing monkeys, kangaroos, and other non-dangerous animals. All the buildings have turned to ruin. The trees and plants are all overgrown. It finally looks like the jungle it originally claimed to be. In Hawk Point, Missouri, there is Satan's Tunnel, and the story of a man who went in search of strange noises. So he went out walking along the train tracks but he never returned. When people went looking for him, they found his body in front of the tunnel. It looked as if he was thrown from the tracks some 20 feet above. Years later, a group of teens had a party at the tunnel. They saw a disheveled man who kept repeating, leave this place, evil awaits here. Finally, the teens had enough and left. A few days later, they returned with some adults and claimed to have seen the same man standing in the tunnel, the look of terror on his face. Another story says a man went out for a walk, but he never came home. A search party found his body hanging from a tree. Supposedly, if you go to the tunnel at sunset, you can see his body swinging back and forth. In Rehoboth, Massachusetts, on Route 44, over three decades of drivers say they encounter a bearded hitchhiker with dark eyes that looks like a man that died in a car crash. He's said to find his way into their back seats, and after he's disappeared, the radio will become staticky. The car will shake, and some have said they can hear his evil laugh. In Hardin County Park, Texas, there is a road called Bragg Road. 
like many roads in the country, is unpaved. It's nicknamed Ghost Road after a mysterious light that bounces around. Some say it belongs to a hunter who got lost in the woods. Others say it's a dead groom in search of the killer of himself and his dead bride. Wow, okay, good story. Ooh, creepy. You want to play a game? Okay. (laughs) You want to play two truths, one lie? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, you go first. Okay. So we're going to play two truths, one lie, where we tell two truths about ourselves, one lie. This is your opportunity to get to know your hosts, and uh, we got to figure out which one's the lie. Okay, so I'm just going to say three different things in no specific order. Number one, in high school, I was in band and BSed my way through most of it. Number two, I've always wanted to go paragliding. Number three, I worked in Disney Entertainment as a close friend of Chip and Dale. Hmm. Where's the lie? All right. I'm going to guess that you were never in band. That is incorrect. (gasps) I was. Really? Yes. I've never heard you talk about it. That's crazy. Okay, so. I I guess because you BSed your way through. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's why. I, um, I started in sixth grade. I played the flute. Okay. All the way through 11th grade. So I did marching band also. And then my senior year, and this is in Colorado, and we would practice outside in the snow. Oh my goodness. Right. So it's cold and miserable, and I've done it before and hated it. So I switched to percussion. So it was just me and this girl, Vicky. We would be in the band room while the rest of the whole marching band was outside in the freezing, and we would just sit there and talk and do our homework together. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. So I played bells and cymbals and stayed warm during practice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Okay, I learned something new about you. There you go. All right. Your turn. Okay. My three. Two truths, one lie. Number one, I used to belly dance professionally with fire and live snakes. Number two, I'm a backing vocalist for the number one Adele tribute artist. And number three, Sir Elton John kissed me. I'm going to say the lie is number three. Yes, that is the lie. He did not kiss me. Sir Elton John actually kissed my sister. No way. Yes. What? Yes. So my sister is an amazing vocalist. She's the number one Adele tribute artist in the world. She sounds exactly like Adele. She does. I've heard it. Exactly like Adele. Close your eyes. You think you're in the room with Adele. But she also is an amazing performer as herself. Her name is Andrea Tyler. And every year or so, Sir Elton John hosts a uh, charity tennis game. And he needed someone to open the game with the national anthem. And my sister was the vocalist who did that. So she sang the national anthem in front of Sir Elton John and Billie Jean King and Serena Williams and all these major, it was all the celebrity players. Yeah. And it was really, really cool. And then after she sang, um, you know, they brought her down to meet Sir Elton John and he kissed her and told her she was an amazing vocalist. And I was there and got to see the whole thing. And I was probably 20 feet, 20 feet from Sir Elton John, which was amazing. Yeah, that's, 
one of my big <laughs> I was that in is, the same room as Sir Elton John. That is so awesome. Yeah, and he kissed my sister, which Aww, is pretty cool. So, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, gosh, guys, thanks so much for listening to us. Yes, we really appreciate it. Yeah, and if you would like to see photos that correspond with our cases each week, we upload those every Friday to our Facebook and to our Instagram. And you can help us out by following us and liking us on Facebook and Instagram. And hitting subscribe. Please hit subscribe. Um, We are Dolls and Doom the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can check out our website, www.dollsanddoom.com. That's D-O-L-L-S-A-N-D-D-O-O-M, Dolls and Doom. And if you would rate us and like and share, you can really help us out. Help us grow. Help us uh, put more content out there. That would be awesome. And thank you so much for everyone that's been listening and commenting. You guys are awesome. Yes, for sure. We're so excited and we love doing this. So check us out next week. We, uh, We release a new episode every Friday. I'm Cynthia. I'm Paula. And we are Dolls and Doom. Bye. Bye.